Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just another day in paradise. You know it's true. You can live in paradise and earth simultaneously. It's for you. God will follow through. He's never late for his important date. <laughs> Amen. And he has one with you. There's a couple of verses that are blowing my mind during our prophetic music time. Song of Songs 416. Come walk with me as you walked with Adam in your paradise garden. And check this out. Luke 16:22. And the angels of God came and escorted his spirit into paradise. Amen. Now you're born again in paradise, but you need your mind renewed to that place. After you're born again, the entire journey with God is growing your spirit to overtake your soul. How spiritual you are is how much your soul has yielded to your spirit. Most Christians, after they're born again, still got the seed that they were born again in, in seed form. It didn't even crack. It barely even sprouted. We really haven't seen what's available yet in Christianity. Hallelujah. I think we're about to. <laughs> and it doesn't look <laughs> religious at all. It looks like you're high. It looks like you're super high. You know how you get super high? That seed that you're born again of, first John, born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that cannot sin, that seed breaks out of the shell, and the shell is the Word that you first heard and believed upon that got you saved. You're saved by hearing the Gospel and believing the good, the good news of Jesus, the words of Jesus and the words about Jesus and the salvation provided for you in Jesus. That Word came in and that was the seed that you're born again of. You can keep putting seed, the living word, right into your spirit and keep having a harvest. The garden of your heart is unlimited. We really haven't tested the garden works. You know, God's a gardener. The Gospel of John says, And the Father is the vine dresser. And Mary Magdalene at the tomb calls Jesus the gardener because he was restoring the woman back into the Garden of Eden. It's no coincidence that's in the Scripture. It's alluding to the Garden of Eden. The resurrection from the dead once again places man's soul inside the flashing sword and inside the cherubim of his glory. Under the law, your conscience was seared so that the flashing sword... What's the flash? Jesus Christ is the flashing sword. That's the Lord Jesus in Genesis. He is the sword of the Lord, the angel of the Lord in Genesis. Amen. Jesus is the sword of the Spirit. Jesus is the Word of God. And it's always accompanied with the glory of God because you can't understand the Word of God without the glory of God. Amen. You can't understand one verse in the Scripture without the glory of God. You have to have your mind escorted by angels into paradise. There's angels working on you. Ephesians, or Hebrews chapter 1 says, And they're ministering spirits, ministering angels, sent to help those who are inheriting salvation. What's your salvation? Being restored to the Garden of Eden. The gospel 
is the message of how your soul can return to the Garden of Eden, of what Adam and Eve lost in the fall. Perfect glory through your whole soul, your whole consciousness. That your only awareness is of the Father all the time. If you're aware of sin and issues, and Penny and I were talking about this at breakfast, that the carnal mind will see everything wrong with people. The carnal mind is the accuser of the brethren's mind. (laughs) So you have to be renewed in your mind, otherwise you'll be like Satan after you're born again. You ever seen Christians judgmental, accusational, pointing out, nitpicking one, one against another? You know, pointing out all the wrong things instead of building up their spirit, they're tearing down their souls. How many of how many know that's Satan, the accuser, the condemner of the brethren, the accuser of the brethren? So that's all the carnal mind in everyone after they're born again. I mean, it's pretty intense stuff. Most people don't have enough grace in their mind to build up other people's hearts while they're still in sin because they can only see the sin, they can only see the infirmity, they can only see the spirit of rejection, the orphan spirit, and people are messed up. So you have to walk in tremendous amounts of grace and love to see past all their garbage because that's not the real them anyway. That's the soulish counterfeit of them trying to take care of themselves apart from God's power and God's grace in the garden of the earth. God the Father sees through the blood in the potential possibility of their spirit life built up with living words. The more living words you put inside a person's spirit, the more their heart is built up and the more their soul is transfigured. So the only way to change people that are completely messed up and everyone's completely messed up in the whole world The only people that are healthy are the ones that have all the promises working by revelation fire in their inner man. And so they can learn how to speak life into other people's spirits, and those words are balls of energy that build up their spirit and renew their brains. So that there's positive thinking, so that there's encouragement, that every word we speak should give grace to the listener, it is written. Amen. And we tear down demons, but we build up humans. You tear down demons, and you build up humans. And there's many demons inside the humans, so you do have to become like a surgeon. That's why it's the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. <laughs> and being getting people offended, you just really can't avoid it. You can't avoid it, because everything of the carnal mind is a stumbling block to spiritual growth. I mean, it all has to burn. The easiest way to do it is to walk in tremendous amounts of fire and just burn up the whole thing. So it's not just like figuring out all the little problems and everything wrong with everyone. It's just burning the whole body, burning the whole flesh and blood and brain nature as a burnt offering every day. And the sons of God will walk in such tremendous love and the fire of the Garden of Eden that will have the ability to burn people with that amount of love so that they're not even offended by it. We've never walked in that much grace before. I mean, there's hardly anyone in the planet or anyone in the history of Christianity that ever has. God truly saved the best wine for last. And this wine is a killer towards demons. (laughs) But it's a resurrector towards human hearts. It will build up your heart 
but tear down idolatry. The problem is a lot of people can't see what's wrong with themselves. When you're deceived, you're blind. Jesus Christ called the religious people blind leading the blind. He literally said everyone in Israel was blind. Oh, you're the only one that sees. Yep, he's the only one that sees. Fact. He's the only one that sees. The only way you see and are not blind is if you have him burning in your spirit by revelation living words. And you learn to cherish the word of God inside your heart as like fiery coals. When the seraphim put the fiery coal on Isaiah's lips, it was revelation. He went into whole new realms of ministry. His ministry was dynamically transformed. That's the revelation fire of God's heart. That's taking the Word of God and placing it inside your spirit. Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. You put it right inside your heart, right inside your spirit, and the more fiery coals you put inside you, you put them right in your belly, the hotter you'll burn with the Word of God, the knowledge of truth and the intimate knowledge of Him and the Father of glory and the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of revelation. It will all be like rivers and springs and streams coming out of your spirit. And people can come to you and drink. Amen. Jesus Christ said, Come to me and drink. John 7.37 To anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. And out of you will also flow rivers. So you drink him to the point where you release him and then others can drink him out of you. That's how the gospel actually advances. The gospel can't advance by just information. Only by substance abuse. Only by liquid glory. And so you're going to look really drunk and really high. That's why they called him a drunkard and a glutton. Because he was only ministering the glory of the Father. Otherwise, he's not the king of glory. Can you imagine religious people coming around and accusing him of being high? Look at his eyes. He can barely see out of his eyes. He's so drunk, so high. He's been smoking opium. You know he got accused of it. <laughs> he's had too much wine to drink. All the time accused of it. His disciples are having too much fun. Accusation after accusation. The main enemies were all religious demons inside men and women that were self-righteous attacking the glory of God. Most Christians still don't have a grid for the glory of God and going deeper in the glory. Once you start to wake up a little bit to the brightness of His glory, to the angels carrying your mind into realms of paradise, to living in the heavenly realm, to living in the realm of glory that's above the curse. There is a spiritual elevation where you won't have religion in you anymore. And I'll be out there. You can release out there. You can call down fire out there. The disciples of Christ called down fire, called down glory. Elijah called down fire. Hallelujah. We're calling down the glory of God upon all souls in the world to burn up everything that's blocking them from intimate knowledge of the Father. Because there's only one Father. How do you get people engrafted into the Garden of Eden? How do you get people awoken to the glory of God? You have to first walk in it yourself. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit Himself will lead you into all truth. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll show you the way. It's a narrow way. 
because there's only one spirit in this world that can lead you. How do you know you're following the Holy Spirit? Because he'll bring revelation of the word and he'll testify of Jesus. The main deception I see of these familiar spirits pretending to be the Holy Spirit is it's always do's and don'ts in the brain. Taste not, touch not, handle not, hear a little, there a little, all religious demons pretending to be the Holy Spirit. One of the most grievous things in ministry the last 13 years is watching so many religious spirits deceive people to be the Holy Spirit. And they get led astray. These religious spirits will give you false visions. These religious spirits give you false dreams. These religious spirits give you false lying signs and wonders and miracles and healings. It's true. The religious spirit is the main enemy, the Antichrist. All of us are coming out of the Antichrist. What's the Antichrist? Satan. How did they overcome the Antichrist? Satan. Revelation 12:11. By their testimony, by drinking the blood of the Lamb, by learning how to be completely addicted to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And loving not their life, but loving His life. Glory. Dying to self is the only way to overcome Satan because Satan only works within the ego. (laughs) Religious spirits only tempt your ego. If you don't have an ego or if you keep your ego in check by putting it into the fire of God and burning it up with the sword of the Spirit, you can't be tempted by Satan anymore. You'll be able to see him coming a mile away. The helmet of salvation is the crucifixion of self. The religious spirit only works in the lie that you have a self. The self-life is the lie and the curse of the fall. Self-preservation, self-promotion, self-attaining salvation, the religious spirit, the Antichrist. After you're born again, you deal with it non-stop. What do you need to do to save yourself? A waste. It's wasted so many thousands of Christians' lives. All the things you need to do after you're born again. And what, the one thing that the religious spirit never teaches them about is the river. <laughs> the river's practically unknown. But barely, hardly any churches on the planet preach and teach the river. Get, go deeper in the river. How to get drunk on the river. How to drink the river. How to let the river control your soul. For when your soul is controlled by the river... That's the only time you'll have peace in your soul anyhow. People with anxiety, people with stress, people with anything. I mean, it's just the whole curse of the fall is annihilated when you learn how to be controlled and attached to the river. It's the same as being controlled and attached to the vine. It's the same as having the angel carry your soul into paradise. It's walking with him in Eden. Come walk with me as you walked with Adam in your paradise garden. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. I have come to you, my darling bride, for you. Song of Songs 4.16 So this whole revelation of the gospel is how to walk with him in the glory of Eden. And every word from God is to renew your mind to peg you into a dimension of his glory. The ministry of the gospel is to get you into the glory and to get you out of the natural realm. It's based on love and it's based on grace. It's based on drinking and it's based on faith. It's not based on works. 
The river himself will do the works after you're in the glory. Jesus Christ, let the Father in him do the works. The Bible says that Jesus himself never did a single work on his own. He didn't. He didn't multiply the loaves and bread. Nope, that was, that was the Father. He said it himself. He didn't perform any healing. He didn't perform any miracle. He didn't walk on water. It was the Father in him. Because he came as a man showing us what true dependency on God the Father looks like. That was the Father. Jesus inside of his body had God the Father as a being of light doing all those works. We're familiar because we come out of so much darkness of demon possession. And you know you have a grid for that. But do you have a grid yet for Father God possession? Because that's where you're going. And the sanctification of the Word of God is to be more and more possessed by God the Father. More and more yielded, more and more surrendered. Until the being of light that created all the angels is fully formed under your skin. God stands about the size as a man. He's about your height. He perfectly fits inside your body as a being of Shekinah light. You are created by God to be a temple of the man of light on the mountain that talked to Moses face to face. That man of light is your God. God is meant to fit inside your body and you're meant to be a temple of God. You're meant to walk with God in union. Union is not just whacked out of your mind in ecstasy, but that's the experience of having the man of light inside your body. Hallelujah. Why God has me demonstrating ecstasy all the time? Because He wants to get our generation high. He wants to get you delivered from religion. He wants to get you delivered from every natural addiction of drugs and alcohol and all the counterfeits. There's a lot of reasons for the demonstrations that God does. But the most important thing to God is restoring you to His garden so He can walk with you as, as your father and you as His child. Because He's so in love with you, He'll do anything to be one with you. He sent His Son to die on a cross so that He could fill you with Himself and you could walk in your spirit through your soul in absolute union with Him all the days of your life with no separation. And it's all about the conscience being cleansed from all the acts of death, from all the immorality and the sorcery and everything you've done wrong. That's what keeps us from knowing Him perfectly is a seared conscience or a dirty conscience. The blood was shed for the purging of the conscience from the acts that lead to death. So knowing the Father through a clean conscience is everything. And you learn to guard your conscience with the helmet of salvation and you don't let anything in that would ruin your awareness of the Father in you. And your mind grows in knowing Him. It's called intimate knowledge. The knowledge is for your mind to know God inside your bodies. Revelation knowledge is intimate because it's from your spirit and it grows up through your conscience, cleanses your conscience, and it controls your mind until God's throne controls your soul. That's what it means to have the name of the Father written on your head. 
several times in the book of Revelation, it says, not 666 on the forehead, that's coming out of the carnal nature. That's coming out of the flesh and animal nature. It's a beast nature, it's a flesh nature. It's just a natural man nature. Now you're coming into the glory nature, and that's when God the Father's name is written on your head. The Father's name is written on your head, which is the full revelation of the Father. Having your mind renewed to the Father. The revelation of the Son, Jesus Christ's name, written on your forehead. The revelation of the Son of God, who the Son of God is, and the New Jerusalem. It's really the Holy Spirit having His name written on your forehead. The kingdom of the Holy Spirit. Because the kingdom of heaven is the New Jerusalem written on your soul, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit written on your soul. So you have the Trinity that rose up in seed form out of your spirit all the way up to consume your whole inner man and take control of your soul. Every overcomer will have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit written on their heads. Hallelujah. When you have the Father written on your head, this thing is on autopilot. The soul has the capability of doing everything Jesus did and even greater works because He went to the Father, John 14, 12. There is so much stuff that Jesus didn't show us. The Bible says that of all the things Jesus did were were to be written down, the earth couldn't even contain those books. What's written here is just all you need to go into full spiritual stature and manifest sonship. But there's going to be all kinds of stuff outside of the Bible that you'll be experiencing. You have a foundation for the Word to fly high in the Spirit. This is the foundation. It's true. The Bible talks about it all the time, that you will have extra biblical experiences. And that scares people, but it won't once you put this Word in you. Once you have the 66 books of the Bible in you, and it's burning inside your spirit, you're not going to be afraid of being deceived again because you're burning like Jesus Christ on the mountain. You're burning like, a, like the fire of God. You're burning like the Lion of Judah. The problem is, is we don't burn hot enough so we don't have a grid for living completely undeceived. <laughs> Most of us are still struggling with all kinds of deception in all the areas of our lives. The fire of His Word will deal with the deception. The fire of His Word will lay the foundation of Mount Zion, and it's a mountain of fire. It will lay the foundation in your heart, in your stomach, and it will rise through your heart, and it will rise through your brain, and it will come out your soul. When your interior castle is full of the Father, then you are a moving, breathing, walking, talking mountain of the Lord reality. People can encounter the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of Mount Zion, through ones who have the Father fully formed in them. Paul says, I labor amongst you until Christ be fully formed in you. Christ and the Father fully formed in you is having Mount Zion fill every room of the interior castle of your soul. Hallelujah. Your soul is a castle. Your soul is the mansion of God. And we got all kinds of stuff in the mansion. This is the mansion. In my Father's house are many mansions. This is the full possession of your soul with the Father's glory, with the Father's love, the Father's wisdom, the Father's revelation, the Father's word, the Father's intimacy, and most importantly, you know what's shocking? Grace. 
It actually says that grace is more important than love. Whoa, where's that? Listen. Because of how fallen in our fallen condition, the grace of the Lord Jesus is emphasized even more than love in the New Testament. Because that's the only way that you're built up to live in the love of God. Divine favor is what saves you. It doesn't say love saves you. It says grace saves you. You're not saved through love. You're saved through grace. Why is favor so important? Because it removes all the serpents out of your hearts and minds. It reverses the curse. Satan stole your favor. Satan stole your grace. And now we're so religious that it's like, well, love's more important. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's not biblical. Grace and the divine favor of the Lord is so important because religion will rob you all the days of your life if you get into some kind of love and don't get into grace. And you just have a, a bunch of poor people with no power and all kinds of religious ideology in their brains and they think they're Christians. And they haven't been built up by grace to live in the opulent luxury of the third heaven. The riches in glory, you can only enter them by divine favor. The fallen angels rob your favor because they don't want you to live out of that realm. Because once your mansion, your interior mansion, is full of the riches and glory, then the natural dimension is added unto you automatically. Satan does not want to lose the natural realm to the sons of God. So he gives you all kinds of religious lies every day. And some of the main strongholds we've dealt with over the years are the strongholds of love. Yeah, it's a demonic stronghold of love. And it's not the true agape of God. It's the phileo of, of Satan. It's the phileo of religion. Satan has a counterfeit love that says, Be nice to one another. Don't let iron sharpen iron. Don't actually get in people's face. Don't actually have accountability. Just be nice, and you learn to tolerate people's demon possession. You learn to actually tolerate people's strongholds. There's nothing loving about it. False love is one of the greatest lies of the enemy to this generation. You see it every single day. Be nice to one another. Oh, you just need to love. You're too harsh. You're too mean. No. Your love is demonic. Your love is human love. Human love is a stumbling block. You could say human love is anti-Christ. Why? Because it doesn't need Christ, and it actually does fight Christ. It fights the gospel. That I can be good and nice to others apart from God. So Jesus died in vain, and I don't even need the river. I'll just be good and nice. That's, that's the religious spirit. That's the spirit of anti-Christ working. The spirit of anti-Christ is saying, you don't need the Holy Spirit to love one another. You don't have to sacrifice your soul to walk in divine love. Just be good. Huge, massive amounts of deception surrounding love. You see it in every Christian circle in the world because we're mostly still immature infants in Christ that haven't learned the ways of Eden in true divine love that's supremely intoxicating. Divine love is like a weighty, drunken glory, like you got shot up with horse tranquilizers. Very few people actually walk in true love. <laughs> because God is love, and we barely know the Father. We say we do, because we have good theology and good doctrine, but the substance is an altogether different experience. 
You're going to start looking high and drunk. That's the beginning of entering the kingdom of heaven or the realm of Eden. The ecstasies of God become automatic. As you grow up, your soul will live in that realm. And that's the evidence, the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of love, the fruits of the Garden of Eden, of entering the joy prepared for you and the sorrow and the sighing fleeing away from your soul. That your spirit has been built up and it's renewing your mind from the inside out. When you have that kind of Shekinah glory burning from within, like the tree of life rising in your heart, you're going to look different in your soul. Your souls are going to look like happy faces. <laughs> your souls are going to look nothing like religious demonstrations. Your souls are going to more look like drug addicts than religious addicts. It's true. You can't emphasize that enough because when people start to get high in the, in the glory, they start to get attacked by religious people and that respectability demon comes in, that religious spirit comes in, you need to look good in front of others, you're a stumbling block to others, they're going to think you're on something. Listen, they need to think that you're on Christ and Christ is the new wine. <laughs> they, <laughs> the religious spirit that you guys are warring against will kill you and destroy your destiny. It will try to contain the glory of God and, and it will suppress it because if you actually let it go through your soul, it will come into the natural dimension and it will start to melt the seven mountains. You're taking Satan's territory. So all the attacks of the enemy is to suppress your spiritual growth so that you don't actually let your light shine before men. Don't let them see the glory of God. Don't let them see your Cheech and Chong eyes. You know, pretend like you're sober because the Bible says to be sober. No, the Bible says to be filled with the anointing. Your, your interpretation of sobriety is to be filled with religious demons. To be sour-minded, not to be sober-minded. Sober-minded is to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's all about being controlled by the Holy Spirit and a river running through us that's crystal clear and sparkling. When you have a river running through you, crystal clear and sparkling, people will go crazy all the time because that crystal clear reveals the enemies of Christ. Religious spirits can't be around crystal clear ministry. Poverty spirits can't be around crystal clear ministry. No demon in hell because it gets exposed. The more the revelation light, the more the enemy is exposed. And the revelation light heals everything that exposes. It doesn't just bring it to the surface. Oh, look at how demon-possessed everyone is. It heals the heart and it renews the mind. It turns everyone crystal clear and sparkling. The more revelation, the more clarity, the more sparkling. The sparkling is the glory of God, the fire of God. It's not just like a sparkler on the 4th of July. It's the radiance of the Shekinah glory. It's the radiance of the morning star. It's the outrain brilliance of God's glory. There's no cap on the sparkle. <laughs> sparkle so much that those sparks coming off of you ignite wildfires in people's wood, hay, and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble religion, it's everywhere. You can put it right into someone's heart and the wood, hay, and stubble, the, them filling their whole heart with doctrine and theology and all kinds of religious garbage their whole life, and they're really trying to be good people, they're really trying to do the right thing, all this stuff, the sparks of the glory can burn it to ashes, that person be set free instantly. 
Let the sparks of the river of life touch every religious person's heart and mind in the USA and worldwide. I want to see wildfire. I want to see revival fire burn that no man can control. That God has to produce perfect men and women of the angelic Melchizedek order in order to pastor this because it's so supernatural. That no soul, no human brain could ever be in control of it. That your spirit is so built up that you pastor from the throne of God and you pastor from the throne of the Lamb. Amen. You can pastor people in the river of life. You can pastor from the great white throne. You can pastor from the judgment seat. You can pastor from paradise. There's a new standard here. Pastoring from the kingdom dimension of the glory of God. Pastoring from God the Father formed on the inside like a light being. No more self. No more good ideas. No more religion. Amen. But a perfect third heaven pastoring of the great shepherd. Those who sit with him on his throne are all conduits and conductors of his perfect shepherding. Revelation 7, And the good shepherd will lead them to the springs of the waters of life. So good shepherding, good pastoring, will always lead souls to the living waters. And you can be filled with living water every day. First thing in the morning, get up, have a drink, lay hands on your belly. I thank you, Father, for fresh anointing, fresh oil, fresh glory, fresh grace. Lay hands on your soul. Cover your soul with fresh glory, fresh grace. I thank you, Jesus, that you give me new wine every day, that your mercies are new every morning. Get all of that condemnation, all the religious stuff up. And when you start to get on autopilot and it starts to go from glory to glory, don't back down. Pedal to the metal because the devil's a bad devil and he'll try to slow you up. He'll get you distracted. You need to really stay focused. <laughs> Amen. you got to keep your souls on autopilot keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Because just when you start to go from glory to glory, that doesn't mean you have perfect faith at all. We've been going from glory to glory for 20 years and all kinds of new realms are opening up every month. We've barely touched the kingdom of heaven and what's available. We've barely touched it. There is so much more to heaven on earth. And we're going to bring it. We're going to live it. We're not going to back down. We're not going to slow down. We're going to keep growing like a tender sh we're going to keep having more and more fruit on our tree. We're going to learn how to communicate the glory dimension with greater wisdom and greater love and greater grace so that people can eat off of us and reproduce the glory of God in their own hearts. Everyone that eats off of the tree of life, fruit from your life, is saved. Salvation is based on the reproduction of the seed of the tree of life, the two trees in the garden. Anyone who eats from the tree of life is saved and you keep eating the tree of life until your tree, your soul, your heart, your mind, and everything of your spiritual atmosphere can be enjoyed by everyone around you. Until the seed line of the Messiah, the Word of God, has completely eradicated the seed line of Satan and the words of the fallen angels. The tree of life will consume the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like Moses' staff consumed Janice and Jambres' staffs. Amen. It was symbolic, a type and shadow of the glory of God and the tree of life. The Word of God and the Spirit of God and the Gospel of God consuming every other word in the garden. Amen.
And it comes through Moses' staff, the apostolic witness of the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And we are all partakers of that glory in Christ. We are all drinkers of that glory. We are all gluttons and drunkards of that glory. That is the table of the Lord. That is the new covenant table. That is the bread and wine of Melchizedek. The priesthood of Melchizedek is the ministry of the bread of his glory, the word of glory, and the wine of his glory, the spirit of glory. And you can feast on the living glory of our Heavenly Father and get as fat and electrical on the glory of God as you want every day. As it's written, His chariot wheels drip with fatness. And the fatness represents the glory of God, the cream and butter on our feet. That everything we do is saturated and soaked with the favor of the Lord, the glory of God. God's complete and total providence for every area of our life. Be completely drowned through all your souls, through all your families, in the name of Jesus Christ, with the glory of God that is an all-consuming providence. God wants to provide for you on levels that are mind-blowing so that you could be stewards of cities and nations, pastoring cities and pastoring nations. Millions and billions of dollars in economic buying power will be transferred to those who learn to pastor perfectly from the throne of God and the Lamb. Because they're the government of God. Amen. And if you're taking care of that many people, you'll need that much resources and it will all come into the glory of God. Isaiah says, and they will all come into the glory of your rising bride of Christ. And they will come with all of their treasures. And they will come with all the finances. So you can be a minister of the glory of God. And a pastor of cities and a pastor of nations. Amen. And it's all based on the table of the Lord. And it's all based on the knowledge of the glory that will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Our full-time job is to feast and drink until we're manifesting the fullness of the Father from within us. Amen? And then we build up everyone around us. We teach Him God's ways. We teach them God's thoughts, God's words, God's glory, the revelation of the glory of God, the revelation of the grace of God, and the revelation of the Word and the love of God. All of it working inside everyone with superhuman energy that's able to raise everyone's inner man above the demons. See, all of this ministry of the glory of God builds up the inner man, the human spirit, to rise above the realm of the snakes, the white snakes of religion and the black snakes of rebellion. It lifts them up above the demonic realm. That's what it means to walk in the highway of holy, holiness of Isaiah 35 where there's no unclean thing. It's an elevation where you're so built up with the word of glory and the spirit, the wine of glory, that your inner man is above the demonic realm. You shall trample snakes and scorpions underfoot because you're walking on streets of gold above the curse of the fall. That's where the ministry of the glory of God takes you to live in the high angelic heavenly sphere above the realm of the dead, to become the Lord's over all creation by the ministry of the word of His glory. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate cheerfully and generously at redlettermen.com and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.